Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 44 of the From the Finney podcast with Jimmy, Lardy, and me, Jake. In this episode, we'll discuss the defeat away at Millwall before looking ahead to Saturday's game against Bournemouth. Enjoy! Evening, boys. Apart from the football and the last two hours, are we are we well? All right. Yeah. <laughs> nice to see you guys. I, I'm enjoying this, but the football side of it, not so much. Yeah. It's, um, unfortunately, it comes with the territory, doesn't it? I was thinking at one point we we're going to be all right there. I thought it'd be a nice little episode, but it kind of turned on its head second half, didn't it? Yeah, just a bit. Rough with the smooth, mate. It's all uh, part of following North End, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. It just tends to be a lot more rough at times. That's the only issue. It feels like there's been a lot more rough this season. I didn't know it stressed me out so much, though, doing this for the last two or three weeks, how much it would stress me out, actually getting back and watching Preston more more regularly. I didn't think I'd be a bit more, I'd be able to enjoy it a bit more, but it has stressed me out quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, welcome to the I world care. of uh, football yeah. podcasting. Yeah, but it's nice. I, I think it shows. It means to me that I care still about Preston, so I'm happy with that. Good. It's just nice to talk to different people as well, isn't it? All of us, obviously, in the same four walls. Well, numerous walls, but yeah. Good to speak to someone other than my missus. <laughs> oh, feeling. Yeah, uh, before we crack on, just a reminder, as always, that you can support us here at From the Finney with a donation by heading over to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney. And as I say, every every episode, every bit of money that's received just goes towards keeping the podcast and the website running. And it's massively appreciated. Um, yeah, let's start with the good bit from tonight, which was the goal. Um, some finish. Yeah, cracking finish. I think with the goal, it was it's just a it's a great bit of technique, isn't it? I mean, it was a little bit scrappy the game before the goal goes in. To be honest, and I thought Millwall would just be coming to beginning to get a bit of a foothold in the game. Um, they started with the shape that we predicted in terms of uh, very much a box midfield, two tens behind Bob Varson, which I, I didn't expect to see him start. To be honest, but. Handful all game. Um, I thought Jordan's story dealt with him really well, to be honest. Um, in the in but, the first half, he moved on to Husey in the second half, didn't he? A little bit yeah. more. And... But obviously, Millwall let, uh, Millwall's game plan was let Whiteman have the ball because Whiteman were just picking the ball up just in front of our two centre halves and they just sat in shape and just let Whiteman try and dictate play. Now, he did that a lot for Doncaster. When, when Ollie did his thread in terms of like video footage, you see Whiteman picking the ball up a lot of the time in front of the back two and just trying to dictate play. But when he's going to try and break down nine Millwall players, it's a lot more difficult for him. Yeah. Um, the, the goal, Ched's goal comes from, well, to be fair, Millwall should do better in the, fir- you know, in the first phase of trying to clear it for I think Potts goes up for the header in the box, doesn't he, from what I remember. And they should do a better job in terms of clearing it, but you can't take anything away from the technique of the strike. It's just a cracking it's a cracking effort. Um, and 
probably deserves it to be fair because I thought he worked hard against tonight in Ched, but I think the service tonight was probably lacking for a lot of the game for him. And I did feel that we took took the lead against doing a play, you know, yeah. to to a certain extent. But when we did take the lead, Millwall got shell shots for 10, 15 minutes. They couldn't, they couldn't string passes together at that point. You know, they were losing the ball in the first third. I was like, we've got to get a second because if we if we got a second, then it's a different game, completely different because they probably don't get the foothold in the game that they get. And as soon as they get the equaliser, there's only one team in it for me. He's caught it well, hasn't he? His left foot as well on the down. It's a great goal, first and foremost. But you're totally right, Jimmy. It's You've got to almost punish them. Then you've got to go again for the throat. You know, don't be happy that. Go and get a second because you were. They were on the back foot. Um, it just seems to me that Ched, watching these games, he, his chances, his own chances, that makes sense. He makes them for his own. He, it's not really... He has to fight and scrap or make a bad ball into a good ball. It's never really put on a, a plate for him. We didn't have many chances tonight anyway, did we? So... It was one of them, really. Um, it's just disappointing. And you're right. You, you look at front and he's working his balls off, to be honest with him. Fair play to him. You know, he, he runs and runs. Um, I didn't think Potts was a bit... Didn't really follow on from Saturday. He did all right. Scotty Sinclair, again, just not really on it for me. Just doesn't look... Someone, they need to find a spark again. Um, and yeah, yeah. We, we look solid. We looked all right. I thought story. I like story. I like he's a proper defender. Story. You know, he's aggressive with his positioning. Aggressive. He reminds me of Bailey Wright a little bit. You know that aggressiveness and the defending. Gets stuck in. Um, isn't afraid of the the physical challenge. Um, so for me, it was a it was a good game up until the the whistle went for the the end of the first half. Yeah, he's gone no nonsense as well. Story, mm. uh, and that, I think that's something that he probably didn't have in his game, especially at the start of the season because he'd take quite a lot of risks. And he's become a yeah. lot more risk averse now. And, you know, it was just going into the stands. Anything that wasn't on tonight, it was going back to the keeper, but with pace on it, or it was going in the stands. So, didn't have a problem with that. I mean, we, we discussed him at length on Monday's episode, didn't we? And sort of gave him a lot of praise. You you in particular, Jim. Um, and he has, you know, he's, he's probably one of the standout players from this sort of run of games post the January window since Rovers, obviously when he came in, it's between him and Chad tonight for best player for us. Yeah, for, for me, right? Them two just stood out. I've seen a few people calling out Sep tonight um, in terms of he should have put more pressure on um, Malone for the goal, but he's got to have a bit of support from Whiteman and Malumbi to be honest, because their positioning because they've been caught out by the Diag. They're nowhere to be. They're nowhere in the game, and I thought Malumbi was all out on the ball tonight. But off it, I thought he was. He was all over the place. He just. He just Headless didn't know what he was... brings to mind, doesn't it? it? Well, yeah, that's probably a little bit harsh. But yeah, he, he just wasn't on it at all. You know, you could tell in the first fifteen minutes of the game he was assuming for a booking. He just wanted to hurt people. So, yeah, a little bit surprised about tonight. It's his first ninety he's completed for us, I think, as well. First yeah. game he's got through. So, yeah, I think at that point we were crying out. I texted you, you know, Jake, we're crying out for our time here. And just like, we, we just needed to get in, reset, and hopefully kick on in the second half. But I thought we were really leggy. And we looked like a team that had played the same 11 for the last three games and had it freshened up. You know, and three games in a week's tough as it is. The same night, the same 11 playing 
the three games to start with is even tougher. So uh, I've seen a bit of criticism for Alex Neil's subs online and yeah, I've got to agree with that to be fair. I think he's, you know, I've done a bit of research in terms of timing of first sub and it's not pretty. It's like last 20 minutes of a game in terms of average sub time. It's just it's too late, especially yeah. when there's such an intense schedule at the minute. Make the sub earlier because it you could every, everyone could see it needed freshening up. You know, from, we've got from about subs. ten minutes into the second half, it needed freshening up. Yeah, so that was my frustration tonight. Yeah, and it just on the subs as well. It's it's something that I find a bit strange considering we were one of the clubs apparently that was pushing hard for the reintroduction of five subs in a game, and then we've not really gone on to utilize it. Granted, I can understand it to an extent because there's been times where, and we've criticised it, when we've made sort of three, four, five changes in a game and we've just seemed to lose all sense of shape or anything uh, and it all just goes to a bit bit of a mess. But when you've got such a hectic schedule, you, you'd think that there'd be... You know, there'd be some changes thrown in there, at least from, from the start. Yeah, I mean, fifty-eighth minute is first sub tonight. I didn't really, I didn't really get taking Gordon off. Um, I thought when when he got the ball tonight, he, he he's you know he could produce magic. He, he was up against Romeo to start with, and then the, the centre half as well. So they, they doubled up on him, which meant he didn't get the space he probably needed to be, be able to, to work his magic more than anything and he kept coming having to come back to Whiteman or come inside to Potts which isn't really his game you know he wants to be getting at people but when you're 2v1 there's not a lot you can do you know he, if, if it's 2v1 then theoretically someone else is free within the shape so it's a little bit frustrating for sub but I thought but Chella side, I thought attacking wise tonight, we didn't look really like creating anything. There's no the keeper's not had a save to make, as let's be fair. So, but I think that happens when you play the same team three times in a row and nothing gets freshened up. You know, it just becomes a little bit a little bit stale. It probably cried out for two, maybe three changes tonight rather than just the one. And obviously the one we've had made is in force. So yeah, a little bit frustrating in terms of that point, but just Got to dust ourselves off and go again Saturday, haven't we? Really? I think we can all, we can all guess his thinking, though, can't we, Alex Neil? Um, that he's thinking we've done all right the last couple of games. Why? Why would I change it? But I think you're right with the hectic schedule. You you probably got to you got to do it. And that's the thing. Again, I've noticed you made the point. So is the subs? I don't. There's not enough time. Even ten minutes isn't enough time for a sub to get himself going to affect the game. You're probably gonna have one, two, two times on the ball. Um, you can affect the game probably. Lucky three or four, maybe even five. I just don't think there's enough time. You need to make it. You made a good one at 58. I think you've got to make two then, three or. It, I don't agree with the five, the five subs, but that's a whole new. We can go on about that forever. You know, I don't. I think that the tactical side of the game, having three subs, is great because when you get tired, it's a different tactical game. Then, yeah. for now, you can make five subs. You change half your outfield side. That's mental. Yeah. So. But yeah. while they're here, why don't you take advantage of that? I get the fact that you can then say, oh, yeah, but it might mess the flow of the team up, might mess the flow of the tactics. But I think if, if it's there to be doing it, use it, especially with the – they've just played three games in a week, coming to the, you know, on a Tuesday night down in Millwall. You know, and they're, they're quite a hectic side, as in full throttle, 
long balls in the box, get it forward, um, hell for leather, 100 mile an hour. So I think it's a really good chance to use those five steps. I just, just why are you putting a strike on in 86 minutes or whatever it is, yeah, or 89 he, minutes? He did that recently as well. I can't remember, it was a couple of weeks ago. And what, you know, what, 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 what chance has he got to come on and, like you say, Scott, affect things and. and what involvement? Well, he, he might he get a half chance where a ball drops to him in the box or something, but in terms of him sort of creating something and because that's what we were crying out for tonight, someone to sort of look like they were creating a chance for us. But yeah, and and DJ as well, you know, like what what opportunities he got when he's coming on at that late stage? Ridiculous. I, I think as well. Some people might argue, but we're not going to get relegated. We're not going to get drawn into that because we're good enough to go and pick up points that like we have done the last couple of games. Um, why not go for the win? Why not risk okay losing two one, but actually go for it? Yeah, yeah. But we didn't even go for it, did we? We just just kind of surrendered it or take the draw, and then we got beat in the last five minutes by an awful goal. Now I think I I'm, I apologise for the second goal because I literally wrote down I like the goalkeeper, <laughs> <laughs> and then he went and did that for the second goal. <laughs> I put I like him. I thought because I think I quite, I really do like him. I think he's a really good goalkeeper. I literally yeah. wrote it down, looked up, 30 seconds later, he does an absolute, what the hell he was doing. He backpedaled, come for it, and then just got beat by a midget to the ball. Yeah, he's, he's, that's the other thing. You know, he's not exactly, um, he's not exactly tall, is he? No, oh, so I apologise. As soon as he um, took his step back, I thought we were in trouble here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just a dink ball. It's think... just a dink ball into no, it's just a dink ball into the 18. That's all it is. It's not like it... It's, you can look at it and think, oh, it's a clever ball, but realistically... He's just Iverson, taking a chance, Iverson, hasn't he? Well, yeah, Iverson's stepped back thinking, I, I don't know what he's thinking, but... Do you think he's maybe thinking he, that the the lino's going to flag or something? I, nah, I've not a clue, mate. Because they, they did look, to, the ball, um, they did look to switch off, didn't they, when they hit the bar? The whole just back take... line just seemed to stop, so I wonder if... Yeah, but what happened with that was the line were flagging yeah, Hughes, yeah, no, has, I, Hughes I has tried to Hughes has tried to pull him down. Think that everyone's stopped thinking the ref's going to blow, and then and he's the, lads has, the lads has carried on, and it's like, well, I suppose first rule you get taught as a kid is play to the whistle, play first and whistle, foremost. Yeah. And I think both of should have scored. To be fair, but I've scored them. I know it's that happened with twenty five minutes to go, and we look knackered at that point. You know, but how so, would it be great? It'd be great as fans, wouldn't it? I, I would be the manager thinking, right, it's a great opportunity here send out a message not to the players on the pitch but also the players on the pitch but the fans watching making three positive subs going for the win when we're drawing and you think yeah go on gaffer go on son yeah we're having a right go here but he makes one sub and then waits to the 88th minute to make another sub whatever it is and you're thinking oh boring hell it's, it's probably my, my biggest criticism of Alex Neil sort of over the last I don't know maybe two years that when he came he he would often do that. He would often sort of make an attacking sub and and make an exciting sub and we'd, we'd look to go for games, especially when we were sort of drawing or losing. And I think I'm, I'm almost certain he came out in the press and said, I, I would always rather go for a game and try and get something from it and lose trying to do that than sort of just sit back and sit on our laurels. And I like that, but it didn't look like at that, the moment. That's the yeah. That's the complete opposite to what we what we look like at the minute. So yeah, it's a strange one. So on the subs thing. So I've just been doing a bit of scribbling down, and in the last eight games. So in the games from the thirtieth of Jan, so after Sheffield Wednesday, 
We've made 30 subs. So that's what, just short of four a game on average. Average sub time is 16 minutes on the pitch. Average time of the first sub is the 66th minute. And over half of his subs have come after the 75th minute. So 17 out of 30 subs have come with like less than 15 minutes to play. So as a player, I, I just don't understand how you can make a massive impact on a game with like 15 minutes or less game time. You know, and you look at some of the times, you know, <laughs> three of them have come in added time. You know, Malumbi 91st minute, two in the 92nd minute. It's like, it doesn't help it just doesn't help us at all like and if it's coming in the 92nd minute I've just put 90 because what's the point in call it 92 because it skews figures but you know the fact that we've made 17 out of our last 30 subs in the last 15 minutes of games that's why we're not impacting it that's why we look knackered because these lads are playing so many minutes at the minute they're just tired you know and playing three games in a week when you know we've got seven subs tonight and two kids on the bench. And you look at our bench tonight thinking, well, who can actually impact the game? Vise maybe, Barky. DJ. DJ. That's DJ. Did DJ really took, got on the ball? Did Barky really get on the ball? I think Barky had a couple of opportunities against um, Romeo or, yeah, it had been Romeo, on not it? And just didn't, didn't beat him. And if he doesn't beat him, then there's not a lot he can do. Um, DJ barely touched the ball didn't touch the. I think he was one of the guys that came on in the 92nd minute on Saturday you know barely touched the ball again just harboring I've, I've been in loads of dressing rooms I've been in loads of dressing rooms where that argument has happened after a game between players and managers where the managers will say well the subs didn't make an effect today and then the subs will answer back and say well Gaffer rightly so by the way and they'll say well Gaffer you didn't give us enough time to make an impact so that's something I, I've learned from being a player I'm taking into my managerial side now, coaching side is to make those subs to give them enough time to affect the game, and that's something yeah. I have noticed is they don't give he doesn't give his subs. Look, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes. We don't know if those players have got knocks or he's, he's not putting them on for a reason to the last knockins or as late as he can do because of certain things. But I think you can still make subs. You know, I think you can still make stick them on for 25, 30 minutes instead of 10, even 15 minutes. It's just not enough time. Yeah. Give them a chance, isn't it? Give them a chance. I think Alex Neal's come out in the press tonight after the game and said pretty much what we said. You know, he looked like he was playing for a draw and he's come out and said it was a crap game. I hope to get a point and get back up the road. I think that mm-hmm. tells you everything, really. Well, Where that, do you sit on you... that, the two of you, by the way? Do you, do you have an issue with that or not? No, I, no I, yeah, I do. <laughs> I don't. But is he saying by that he just wants a point because he just wants to get every point on the board to get away from the bottom? I, I don't I don't get that. I don't think you are going to get relegated. I don't think they're going to get drawn into that. But if he keeps playing like that every game and going for a draw and then getting nicked at the last bit, he will get drawn into it. I think mm. you've got enough to go for it. If he, at least he's going for it and then lose, he goes for it every game. You're going to win more than you you lose or draw. So I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand that. He wants the point and get up the road. It, it sounds a bit defeatist to me. Yeah. I've never gone into a game coaching or managing what the 11 years I've coached and managed a team going for a draw. What's the point? I've gone into a game thinking, let's do everything to not concede. And if we can nip one on the break, then, 
yeah, we've got a chance of winning the game and setting up a game plan to be able to try and get something out of the game that we probably don't deserve if we're up against a team of a better ability. But you don't go into a game thinking, oh, I just want to get a point and get out of here. You know, I think if you... I, I sort of get what he's... He's probably misinterpreted it slightly because I don't think he's... I don't think he's set up for a point and wanting to get in and get out. You know, especially when you go one up in a game, I don't think you... I don't think you go in with a game plan of just getting going for a draw, going for a nil-nil. I just don't think that's how football works, personally. Um, I think if you'd offered him a point before the game, he'd have took it, but that's completely different. You know, it's a case of, I think if you, you know, and we won, remember we're winning tonight, you know, it's only the second game all season we've lost from from winning, uh, a winning position, sorry. So, yeah, it's one of those. I think, I don't blame him for wanting to get in and get out, you know, in terms of, of that as a comment, but you go in, you try and get your three points and then you get out. But it'll be disappointing to lose the game more than anything. It'll be disappointing to lose in the circumstances. You know, he's putting his comments, the goal is horrific. Well, it is horrific. It's it's bloody awful, the second goal. Um, but so He's taken responsibility for the first one, hasn't he? Yeah. Said, um, I take responsibility for the first goal. I told the lads to defend deeper and the ladder smashed it into the top corner and it was a strike worthy of a goal. But the second goal, like you just said, Jim, is really frustrating because it's something that we'd spoken a lot about. I think he's going to be frustrated. I think, you know, like we said about the first goal, you know, it's just a, it's a diag. You know, it can't Sep can't close him down. The the midfield two aren't anywhere near Malone. So, and he's put it in the one place in, in the goal that he that's guaranteed to hit the back of the net. So, you got to you sort of got to take that off. It's a, it's a great strike. There's not a lot we could have done with it from a defensive point of view, but we just probably lack that little bit of support from midfield. That's that's all it is, really. Yeah, pretty much. And I don't really think there's much else to say on it. To be honest, it's it's one of them, isn't it? Well, it's disappointing, especially after the you know we've played well for the majority of February. Um, it's probably not the start to the month we wanted. Um, it's not the big, moment, big month as well, isn't it? But it's five five tough games, isn't it? It's probably just put a little bit more pressure on on Saturday. Um, it's probably the pressure we don't really need when we're playing a decent team in Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't. I don't want to kill it and say that. I, I know I've mentioned a few times that we won't get drawn into that relegation fight. I'm just trying to be Mr. Positive. So don't come back to me in a month and we're in it and then say you were talking out your ass, ladies. But I'm just trying to keep the positivity. But you're right, it is a big month with some big games and it can easily quickly swing. They've got a lot of games in hand below us. I know they're losing more games than they're winning. That's the reason why they're down the bottom. So I think I'd rather have the points on the board than games in hand. Um, but if they, a couple of them teams go on a little run now and then we, we go on a little bad run, it can change quite quickly. But I just think that Everything Jimmy said there is correct. I think you can be misinterpreted, but I think we should go for the win more more than more than the go for the draw. But the second, the first goal, by the way, is a good goal. You're right. When you look at it back, maybe Story could have talked to um, the right back um, and said to him, "Look, go and engage him." But you're letting him shoot from 25, 30 yards out. You, you, you've got sometimes you've got to say fair play. What a goal that is, you know. But he didn't really have. I know the man started to overlap. Um, uh, the man who hit it, I keep Malone, but I don't think he was that advanced where you couldn't go and engage Malone. I think you yeah. probably could have engaged him a little bit more, but that that comes from behind you. You can't 
you, you need the voice behind you to go and to go and engage. You, you need that that information to go yeah, and the, and the encouragement. Yeah. And I think it's difficult as well. So, you know, Sep's 19, you know, he's it's only what his third start for us. It's experience at this level as well that you know that he's lacking. You know, Iverson as a keeper, first year in the championship, he's only played with Sep three times. You know, is he vocal enough? I don't know because I've not been in the ground to hear him. So, you know, what's the communication like to set? Could could he actually get told, yeah, go, you know, Storm might be able to cover or Hughes might be able to shuffle over one. You just don't know it at the time. But, yeah, I think we'll learn from it. That's the thing. You know, we'll, we've got to learn from it. That's the only way you can get over these sort of situations, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Bournemouth then on Saturday, since the start of the year, they've, Played 12, lost six, won four, drawn two. Obviously, they beat Watford at the weekend. It's like most games in this league, it's a tough one. Obviously, uh, Piero coming back as well. Yeah, he got man of the match, didn't he, against Watford? Did he? Yeah. I did did see that there was a scrap and people were saying that they were surprised that he wasn't involved. Yeah, he wasn't involved because he wasn't on the pitch. He just got substituted about two minutes before it happened. But um, yeah, squad looked good quality. Um, you only have to look at like the, their midfield and their forwards that they played against Watford. You know, Lewis Cook, Ben Pearson, Jefferson Lerma, Dan Juma, Solanke, and Stanislas. It's like it's like a who's who of decent guy at this league. Um, Begovic, obviously, what hundred odd caps for his country. So a decent team, aren't they? You know, I've got them what three one three since the window closed. So what's that? Ten points from seven games, which to be fair isn't actually that great. I think we're probably a similar amount of points. Um, they could, they could be out. Well, they're out of the playoffs as we stand. You know, they've yeah. just dropped down to seventh tonight. Cardiff, Cardiff Nick, just gone above them, haven't they? Cardiff's form is ridiculous, isn't it? Since McCarthy's gone in, six wins, three draws from the nine games he's played. It's it's near enough unheard of that, isn't it? It's just. It's a, it's a bit similar to when Alex Neal went into Norwich. In all fairness, you know, that sort of run of form and, you know, just to, I suppose, kick them on. But coming from where they did, because they were about 13th, 14th, weren't they, when they went in at Cardiff? Fair play to him. And obviously, Barnsley is still knocking on the door as well. So, we'll wait and see what they do tomorrow. They'll wait at Bristol City tomorrow night. Yeah. So, I'll probably keep one eye on that tomorrow night to see what's happening. But... Yeah. The difference this league I've, I've seen with the Championship is the top teams with all their riches and the, the players you can have in their squad, Watford's, Norwich, Bournemouth's, you know, it is, it's different level, isn't it? And we talked about this, I've talked about it on the podcast I've been on, is that is the difference. And that's probably the reason why they're playing up in the echelons, top echelons of the league all the time and competing there, being in the Premier League for so long because they've got these resources to do it. Yeah. And we're just languishing in the middle at the moment. But it's one of them, we probably turn up and win. It's one of those ones, you know, but I think, yeah, they're a good side, Bournemouth. They'll be decent. Yeah. yeah. I've seen a lot of people saying that they, they, they hope that Ryan Ledson's back fit for Saturday. Obviously, with Pearson expected to play some part in the game, you would imagine, on his return. Be a nice battle, wouldn't it, those two? Yeah. <laughs> they just want to kick lumps out of each other, won't they? <laughs> well, I think we did miss Ledson tonight, by the way. I think we just missed that little bit of you know, someone who's going to be able to be up and down in combat like a proper box-to-box centre midfielder. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I think we can move that. To be fair, I think we missed Iron Brown tonight. Just missed that little bit of, of game know-how. You know, someone who's played for the club for like 280 games. You said it. Yeah. You said it about five minutes ago. Just the experience at this level as well. Mm-hmm. I know Malumbi obviously played here, uh, played in the championship last season with Millwall, and you know, outside of that, in the midfield, how many games has Potts got at this level? Maybe a, knocking on a hundred-ish. Whiteman however many he's played for us and then Mullumby's had a season in here where you look at mid uh, midfields Millwall Millwall's midfield and Ryan Woods barring obviously the lad that made I think he's only his second start um, but Ryan Woods is seasoned at this level yeah uh, it's it's, <clears throat> it's just levels isn't it it is and we've just sort of got to take a look at this move aren't we you know these sort of results will happen when you're when you're a mid-table team doing mid-table things just I, I don't know what else we sort of expect. You know, people expect us to be top six side. It just doesn't happen like that. You know, it just doesn't happen by instant. You know, Brad Potts, you mentioned him then. He's played more games in League One than he's played in the Championship. You know, he's only played 108 games in the Championship and he's made over like 300, 320 career appearances. So, like, not even, well, just over a third of his career has been in the Championship. You know, whilst Alan Brown, on the other hand, you're probably talking 150, 200, well, probably about 150 games now. You know, out of his 280, so over half his career is in the championship. It's just that little bit of experience, just that little bit of know-how. Yeah. And that costs money, ultimately. Well, money yeah. that we don't have. Exactly. Um, I'm not... Go on. I'm not pessimistic for Saturday. Just very realistic, and I think it's gonna be a really tough ask. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sort of getting down on it, if that makes sense. Like, I, like you've just said, I'm aware that it's gonna be a tough ask, and and if we take anything from it, then winner winner. Yeah, because you know we've got a week off after Bournemouth, so you can sort of get yourself prepared for that Wick and Bubba Luton, because then we've got them three games in a week again, and then it's international break, so. Two weeks off then, isn't it? Yeah. Anything, anything's a bonus from Saturday. Uh, and that's just being realistic, you know, just because we've got, a, we'll have to check, make some changes. Probably, I won't be surprised to see sort of three or four changes, freshen the team up a little bit. DJ, maybe one or two of the injured lads coming back in if they're fit. Quite potentially, yeah. What about Galley? What, what's Galley doing? Where, where's he predominantly? I think, I think he's injured that? at the minute. I'm sure he was mentioned on the on the injured list somewhere. Yeah, he's got a knock. He was on the he was on the management bench tonight, weren't he? His track he just gives that experience, doesn't he? And I know, yeah. I know, you might say you ain't got the legs anymore, but he's just that experience, set pieces, and I think, think you're he, right. You're totally right. Even without the legs, you know, he's shown in games this season whether he started or whether he's come on. That, like you said, he just brings that bit of experience, a calm head, someone that can get on the ball and just keep things ticking over. Yeah. I think he's well, playing with him. He demands standards as well, which I loved about him. So he's yeah. like, he reminds a bit of the Bruno Fernandez now at, at United because he on the pitch, you know, he, he demands. If he didn't do it right, Larry, come on, sort your, sort yourself out, and it will just refocus you again. Things like that. I know he can do it on the side of the pitch, but there's a diff- there is a difference being on the side than there is in the thick of it and demanding yeah. and driving standards and dragging people with you and that's something Gally's very good at could you see that coach coming out of him lady when you played with him because obviously um, he's coaching he's coaching his under 16s at the minute and obviously doing more now with the the first team mm, yeah not 
not in a he's not a nasty bloke though he's just a, he's a lovely bloke I don't know if he's got that and hopefully that nastiness maybe that's something I need to get as well because I um, I can't really shout too much at people but you could I, I know I didn't think he'd be a coach no no but he's very good at on the pitch demanding standards so maybe he actually was without me even realising he, he, he could be a good coach and I'm glad he is because you know he's got a wealth of experience and you know, a coach doing demos, not a bad coach to do demos, isn't he? Or Gally with his <laughs> ping yeah, exactly. and he's a top bloke. He's a top bloke as well. Well, he's out of contract, isn't he, in the summer? But I have a I have a sneaky feeling he'll probably get a new deal of some type into yeah. future seasons. But you're both right, by the way. Um, experience at the level is massive. You know, you might not be the best football player, but because you played 150, 200 games at that level, you are good because you you know how to manage the game when what to do at certain stages at that level, you know. And some of these players in the championship go down to League One and don't rip it, rip it up because it's a different, again, it's a different level again. Yeah. Whereas players that have played 100, 200 games at that level, like I did it in League One, I played um, seven years at League One, dropped down to League Two, I found it so hard because it's different. It's totally different. Yeah. Um, Saturday then, predictions? Nah. I, I keep saying, with my predictions I've done, I keep saying we're going to draw or win and then we don't. So I'm going to say we're going to lose 2-0. We'll, we'll, we'll actually lose 2-0 now. We were all so close to that as well until that mistake. We all said one apiece, didn't we, on Saturday? Yeah. Yeah, it was us two and George, wasn't it? Um, I'm going to reluctantly... Uh, no, I don't know. I think we'll scrape a one apiece somehow. We're quite glad of a clean sheet, but you know, if we, quite, if we can keep a clean sheet, we can't lose the game. That's a cheers, cheers, pointing that out, mate. But it's point. true, got a point, he's got a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna say, yeah, uh, I think we'll lose, but only by one, one nil, two one, something like that. Ah, we'll win that. A bit of reverse psychology in there, yeah. hopefully. Fingers crossed. But yeah, I'm just looking forward to um, like, having a week off next, like, next week. The players just need probably need it. You know, it's one of the, we're just coming well, out. You do. Of it. Never mind the players. Oh yeah, your missus definitely needs needs you to have a week off, mate. Because it's <laughs> talking to us on a Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, it's like just so we can regroup, just uh, and then go again because it's been a bit of a tough run of games, has not it? This is what our third midweek in a row, I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what six, seven games in a in the space of four weeks. It's tough on the legs, isn't it? Yeah. I know I know obviously we've got a couple of free midweeks and stuff coming up, but it doesn't really get any easier between now and the end of the season. I think fans have made a difference tonight again. I think fans will would have dragged players through. Do you know what I mean? You've got up for it a bit more. I think again, there's no fans, you're just like, oh fuck, you know, here we go again. Yeah. I think fans, especially at Millwall, Scott, because as soon as they go one nil down, you know what it's like playing at Millwall. You know, Bloody their hell. fans their fans turn like so quickly. I went. I went for a warm up when uh, we played there, and Simon Grayson said, "Lady, go for a warm up." Went nah. <laughs> <laughs> I went. I went out there, got absolutely abused by about fourteen year old and his dad. And I'm thinking, I'm looking over, and his dad's effing and blinding at me. And he's got his fourteen year old son. I'm thinking, you're an idiot. And then his son gets up and just starts abusing me as well. So I just ran back in, and he went, "Come on, you're going on in five minutes." He went, "Can I just do the warm up here, ten yards away?" He went, "No, get some longer runs in." I went, "Gaffer." <laughs> I'm not going down there again. No way. 
What's the worst you've ever had from the sidelines? Millwall. Millwall, yeah. Millwall. Oh, honestly, it, it was horrendous. Like, and it, it there. Well, no, I, I don't want to open up a can of worms, but you know, it, it was the bad stuff as well. Towards the, it was it was some racist stuff as well. It was bad. Yeah. But the, the best one, my debut actually, when I was in the championship uh, on the bench at Norwich away for Plymouth, and I got a pasty thrown at me. <laughs> Obviously, Plymouth sponsored by Ginsters. Then one of the Norwich fans chucked the past at me. Went there, you go, stick that one in your pipe. And I was like, blinking out. I'm like 17, like just gone up for my first ever warm up. <laughs> absolutely getting pies thrown at me. Also, <laughs> it's better than a cabbage like Steve Bruce had. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have hurt yeah. that as well if you'd have if you'd have caught that on oh, the yeah, well, on the head. I know I should have picked that. Really thinking about it and have a, have a little chew on it, but I was Who did young that? and naive. Someone did that, didn't they? There was something recently, someone threw like a pie or a burger and the player picked it up and had a bite and chucked it back. So, you know, I do miss that about football is that um, you still get it where I am in non-league, whatever level you play at, but that, that banter between the fans, especially yeah. being a left-back going to get the ball and they'll throw it at you all saying, you're, you're shit or you're crap. And I say, yeah, I know I am. I can't, nothing I can do about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> or just having a bit, they liked it then. If you bit, then they knew they had you and they'd go at you. Yeah. So I, I used to play back them, but I do miss that. But but some of the things you do get called, though, flipping it. You know, you get, I was spat out. I get spat out. I was looting away. I had a cup of tea thrown at me. It was, it was boiling. Got thrown at me a cup of tea. And, you know, I'm thinking, but I'm thinking, but they take the caps off a, off a Coke bottle and you can't take it in in case you throw it. But they're allowed, you're allowed to take a cup of tea down to the sideline. I don't get, I can't get my head around that. Yeah, it doesn't, but, doesn't quite add up, does it? But we can't react. You know, I, I, we just, if we react, we're the ones getting in trouble, but they're allowed to call us every name under the sun just because there's a barrier in front of us. Mm. And they wouldn't do that in the street. Of course they wouldn't. They wouldn't call you. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then they're allowed to throw stuff at you and um, spit at you. But as soon as you react, you, you get in trouble, which I, I can understand, but you do get um, you do get very close to the line of, of reacting because they do you do get riled up a little bit, especially when they start... Um, Getting talking personal. about your family. Yeah, yeah. talking about your family, mm. that's not good. And the one that got me, obviously, in my name, Laird, it was easy, wasn't it? Oi, Lardy or Laird, Lard ass and stuff like that, you know? And <laughs> obviously, I did carry a bit of weight now and again with, with football. And it was just, it did get to me, that one. That always got to me. <laughs> so if you, if you two ever want to get on, get in my head, just um, talk about my weight. Noted. <laughs> um, yeah, I think unless you two have got anything else you want to add, then we can wrap that up for a Tuesday night. Well, I'm, I'm going to miss a Tuesday night. I won't be able to speak to you guys next Tuesday. And then I can week off, mate. Can right, speak thanks. to the missus or do something normal. People do I've... back to school next week. Back to school. Oh, oh yeah. of course, yeah, oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, back to school. So back, back teaching. Well, I don't teach. I just coach football and tell them to run around. Say, oi, run there, <laughs> <laughs> kick that. <laughs> right, yeah. Unless you boys have got anything else you want to add, then we can uh, we can call that a pod. No, have a good week Please. off, Scott. We'll see you and in you, a couple yeah, weeks. Thanks, guys. I look forward to seeing you again. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah cheers boys thank you and thank you listener for listening to episode 44 of the From the Finney podcast uh, as I said at the start you can support From the Finney by going to supporter.acast.com forward slash From the Finney and if you aren't already go and give us a follow on Twitter Jim what's your Twitter if you want to give that a little shout out oh at base IPNA Lady Lady 03 go follow it with the I not Lardy 03 Lady <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah right cheers boys thank you very much Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. All right, North End fans, the juice here. You're listening to From the Finney. This is our brand-new single, Tell Me Tina. Hope you enjoy it.
Cause I'm 